and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told to the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Hear your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred. That great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. Uh, Roger Gregg remains our focus for one more week here uh, as we're bleeding into September. Uh, we are talking about the land of Moloch. Uh, we are having a reprise of The Last Harbinger, a story by Crazy Dog Audio Theater, aired, I think, around 2005 in the height of the Bush administration here. A uh, highly fictional world about uh, a bunch of people who are interested in dedicating and celebrating their own loveliness rather than dealing with a serious um, ecological disaster impending upon them. And in this concluding episode, sadly, we have the outcome of all of their poor decisions made clear to us, as well as a really interesting argument by the, uh, one would say, the proprietor of all this mess, the guy who's really in charge, uh, revealing what his feeling is about all the people who have been led down this path. So back to Landa Moloch for one more time here on Radio Drama Revival. Crazy Dog Audio Theatre presents The Last Harbinger, an elegy for shadows fleeting in twilight by Roger Gregg. Episode 5, Shadows Falling Forward. Our story is set in a possible place where a door has opened through a shadow of space. On a world called Moloch, where by its own hand, it's killing itself, its air, water, and land. An alien harbinger came to aid this land, and offered them a helping hand. But instead he found himself detested, and before he could speak, he was quickly arrested. A trial was held, it was cleverly crafted. The dancers danced, and the actors acted. Hello everyone and welcome to Channel 66 Real Good News' continuing coverage of the trial of the century. I'm Darissa Nurgle. And I'm Chax Sabacco. And you're looking as lovely as ever, Chax. Right, lovely. Ladies and gentlemen of the court. That's Dr. Malthus, the chief prosecutor. Professor Abigor. Malthus is continuing to question Professor Abigor, friend and accomplice to the stranger on trial before us. Yes? You are Moloch's leading scientist. Well, that is... Spare us your self-effacing modesty, Professor. You are Moloch's leading scientist. This is common knowledge. Such a brilliant, questioning mind. A mind which deserves to be put in a jar and studied by other minds, and yet... Yet what? Explain your theory about this stranger. You know what he is. Oh, do I? Yes. You were there when we first made contact. Oh, really? Yes. Well, fill us in, then. <sighs> the stranger is... Go on. He is a harbinger. A harbinger? A messenger. He was sent here with a message. And from where do you believe he was sent? You know you were there. From where do you believe he was sent? From a parallel dimension. <gasps> it's true! He is not from our world! This is your theory? Yes. 
which by definition is not a proven fact. Every explanation in science is theory until proven otherwise. When it is replaced by eternal truth. No, by revised theory. That's how scientific understanding advances. Are you saying under oath that you believe that there are no eternal truths? But what of our holy book of our Lord Mammon? But that is... It's what? The fundamental truth revealed in the book of Mammon is what, Professor? <sighs> myth. It's not science, it's myth. I submit to the courts that Professor Abigail, her brain overheating from a lifetime spent grappling with what she herself admits are irresolvable theoretical puzzles, has quite clearly driven herself Insane! This is not true! But wait, I didn't get to speak! Listen to me! We're headed towards destruction! Our consumption is unsustainable! We have to change everything before it's too late! Listen to me! I call the lovely Chax Sabaco to the stand. Isn't this exciting? Our own lovely Chax Sabaco with his famous nodules is taking the stand. Some say they are enhanced, but he insists they are real. Mr. Sabaco, you were at the attempted bombing of the terminal exchange. An evil attempt to burst the great dikes which shield Moloch from the rising sea. Yes, I was. As a serious journalist, I had to... Make it real by televising it? That is correct. So it was real? It was on the news. At this time, we would like to play the crucial moment of that news report. It should be coming up on the monitor now. Of some kind of bomb. What you're seeing is obviously a premeditated attack. Check. What's that, Jack? I said... We seem to have lost our sound link with our lovely Jack Cybaco. As you can see, the stranger is trying to explode a mysterious bomb right beside Moloch's terminal exchange. Wait, what's this? The stranger has taken hold of the bomb. He's obviously trying to get it to explode, but, but it's not working. Several guards are charging out of the crowd. Now, the bombers are being hog-tied and taken into custody. And that... Members of the court is all the proof we need. Isn't that right, Mr. Sabaco? Yes. You must have been relieved when the police seized the stranger before he could explode that bomb. Yes. Fortunately, we have the proof. For, as we saw just now, the camera kept rolling, despite your mistake of disrupting your sound link. Correct, Mr. Sabaco? Yes. I'm sorry we didn't hear your answer. Could you repeat it for all the court to hear? Yes, I disrupted my sound link. Somehow... Somehow? Perhaps you were too busy fussing with your famous alluring nodules. <laughs> I was not. Of course not, Mr. Sabaco. I'm joking. But still, no one expects you, the lovely Chax Sabaco, to be competent in technological matters. I do my job. Yes, your job. The important thing is your steadfast anchor person, Jurissa Nergal, saved the day and jumped in to present the facts as seen on TV. But she didn't. Mr. Sabaco, 
Remember our agreement. I know what we agreed, but I'm just as good as Darissa. Can we leave aside your petty jealousy? She didn't know what was really happening at the terminal. Of course she did. She made it all up. You're getting emotional. All that business about the stranger trying to explode a bomb? Strike this from the record. You want to know what really happened? Let the witness stand down. Okay, fine. Stand I'm standing down. All the way down because I quit. <gasps> oh, and one more thing. Here's my nodules. There they are. See? Look at them. Oh. Yeah, get a good close-up on camera, too. And yes, they are not real. Artificially enhanced and as fake as everything else in Mola. Nothing here is real. You're all fake. You're all fake. I finished with you. Oh my! In a startling, well-framed close-up, the lovely Jack Sabaco has just revealed the shocking truth. His nodules are enhanced. He's just proven it by maladjusting his wardrobe and then storming right off your television screen. This is certainly the most traumatic real news ever on Channel 66. Next up was Ben Dagan, the Harbinger's best friend, a beggar who promised to stay true till the end. But this was the end, and he was easily led, knowing which side butter was found on his bread. All the snap he could snort was part of the deal. Just give him a squeeze, and he was willing to squeal. Are you quite finished, Mr. Dagan? Yeah, uh, uh... Remind me again, uh, what do you want? The truth. Oh, yeah. The truth. Oh, it's hot in here, ain't it? <laughs> what is it you do, Mr. Dagan? Well, uh, what I do is, uh... <laughs> uh well, I do... Come, Mr. Dagan, it's no secret... You are an outcast, a snap addict. When I, uh, I, I work. Oh, yes, that's right. You are a musician. You are Ben Dagan, the blind musician, are you not? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> but you're not blind today, are you, Mr. Dagan? Uh, oh, no. Uh, the stranger happened. Uh, he, uh, touched my eyes. Uh, I can see real good now. So, the stranger ruined your trade. See what? Who's going to toss you coins now that you can see? Well, uh, yeah, I guess that I would have made more when I was blind, but uh, I, I can see now, and that's good, uh, uh, sort of, uh, though there ain't much worth looking at. Tell me about the stranger's intentions. Yeah, uh, intentions. Well, he told me he wanted to, uh, to, uh, change everything. Why? Because, uh, well, see now, See, I'm not... Mr. Dagan, tell us, why did the stranger want to change everything? Because he said it was all wrong. We are wrong? How could that be? Well, now, I... 
you know, at the time I was, uh, I was quite, um, uh, messed up. Yeah, that's it. I, I got so messed up I thought we were on a train that was going to crash. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember the big train uh, crashing. How can anyone believe that we, the people of Moloch, are wrong when we consume so much of our planet's resources? Well, yes, sir, we do that all right, some of us. When every year we burn more and more lubricants. Well, that's true. When every day we progress higher. <laughs> yeah, progress, sure. Anyone can see that, surely. Yeah, you'd think so, but, uh... But what? But the stranger, he, he, uh, he didn't see it that way. So he proposed to change everything? Yeah. How? Well, now, come on, the, the TV show... Mr. Dagan, please, in your own words. I told you, he, he wanted to get us all to stop, and, uh, and he would make his announcement, and we'd listen to the truth, and then, uh... Well, I don't know. How was he going to get us to listen? Well, I, uh, you know, I, I could really use a... Not yet, Mr. Dagan. Perhaps after you tell us. You do want to tell us, don't you? Yeah, I want to tell you. Okay, I, I, I can do this. Um, the stranger, right? He, uh... I'm sorry, man. Uh, he had a bomb. Yeah, that's it. Uh, a bomb made of that secret element stuff. And uh, he wanted to blow up uh, the terminal, okay? And, and the dikes. And then that would flood everything. And all the lubricant would have to stop. And he wanted to just destroy the whole rotten everything. Even you rich, beautiful people. There. That's what you wanted me to see, right? Just the truth, Mr. Dagon. Yeah. The truth. You got your truth. Can I go now? Yes, Mr. Dagon. A demon! He's possessed by demons! Open your eyes, Moloch. This day we gaze into the face of evil. Ah, Professor. Working away, I see. Yes. Good. What are you going to do with him? He's being protected. The people are convinced he's a demon. He is not a demon. Demon, alien, stranger, madman, threat. Mere labels for the other. The outcome is always the same. Do you have everything you need in your lab? Everything but my freedom. Unfortunately, you must remain. Your work is too important. We need vast quantities of your mysterious element, and we need it quickly. Why? Because this one little vial that you've thus far managed to stabilize is not nearly enough. For what? A way out. A way out? So we can continue. We? Moloch. Ah. Don't worry, Doctor. I'll find a way out. As you were. Yes. This should do it. Mm -hmm. Very efficient. Very quick. Painless. We'll see. So, Dr. Malfas, 
You wanted to find a way out? Here is the only real way out. Oh. <clears throat> Not bad. Not bad. Oh. What have I done? A lifetime, making all the right moves. The scrambling, the vacuous mimicry, the inane prattle. And all the time, me playing along, making it all real, until I become just another grotesque mannequin, parroting all the other fraudulent caricatures. And then, after finally scratching my way right up to the top, I jump right off. Well, at least Jack Sabaco isn't lovely anymore. The sea doesn't care. It just goes on rising. And rising. And rising. The dike! It's breaking! Burn the demon! Burn the demon! Yes, it's real. 95% say the hideous stranger must be possessed by a demon. Just 6% want lethal injection. 28% say the chair. 66% say the chamber. But an overwhelming 98% of Moloccans say burn him at the stake. And that figure goes up to 164% in the South. I'm Dorissa Nurgle, and that's the real good wait Something is happening down in the street. A giant wall of water is rushing, hurtling towards the very spot where I am standing. Hmm. Mm. Something's happened to the TV. More. I like funny shows. But Mrs. Crystal. Siphon it all off. And movies. Please, it's not safe. But skeletal is the new look. Oh, these are good. I only meant that if I take... Siphon it off me now. But I can't. More, I said. I will be beautiful. I like happy. Ah. Mrs. Crystal, I have to stop this. Oh, no. Keep going. I can't take it. But it's killing you. Suck it all off. Please don't make me do this. Oh, God, I can't even look at you. Disgusting. No, you call a doctor. Your wife is dying. <laughs> She's dead.
She's not supposed to do that. Is she? I know your suit is giving out, so there isn't much time, is there? What do you want? Just to speak with you. I've told you. Ah, yes. You are a harbinger. Come to announce our imminent self-destruction unless we change. It's not prophecy. It's just... Extrapolation. Yes. Shadows fall forward as well as back. And are these the shadows of the things that will be? Or are they the shadows of the things that may be only? If you change course, then the projected outcome changes. Ah, well then, we'll all just change. Simple. <laughs> you just won't let yourself believe it. Oh, no. No, my dear Harbinger. Quite the contrary. Let us be clear. Moloch is doomed. You know? Of course. Why don't you do something? Have you no compassion? Compassion is why I was sent. No. Arrogance sent you. If you were truly compassionate, you would have stormed in from your parallel dimension with a great fleet of ships. We would have fallen on our knees and surrendered in a matter of hours. You don't like our way of life? Make us change. But no, you actually believe that a few paltry words, true or otherwise, are going to somehow alter the inexorable trajectory of an entire civilization. A civilization, and I use that expression loosely, of very, very flawed, simple, shallow creatures. And you come here, expecting these people to suddenly, somehow, sprout wings and fly. You're lying to them. What choice have I? Don't you care what's happening to your people? My people are everything to me. What you fail to understand is I love them. But I also know that not even I, with all the lubricant and wealth in our world, can make them sprout wings. But there is this. The element. Yes. The only sample of Mysterium Magnum in existence. A source of limitless power. That might change our equation, don't you think? Look at me. Look at me. What? If you really came here to help us, tell us how to use this. Please. And me. The element. Are you ready? Yes. Fascinating. It's growing. Expanding. 
The quintessence of the universe. Pure unlimited energy. The power of the infinite. Yes! Yes! Power! Total power! We have it! <laughs> we have it! <laughs> Your greed may destroy you, but not this. You're so blind. Don't you see? It's not what you have. It's how much you love. You're fading. Stop. Come back. Come back. You 
You've been listening to episode 5 of Crazy Dog Audio Theatre's The Last Harbinger. Featuring Simon O'Gorman, Deirdre Malloy, Morgan Jones, Georgina Miller, Dermot McGuinness, Karen Ardiff, David Murray, Roger Gregg, Phil Proctor and Melinda Peterson. Dialogue recording by Mark McGrath, floor manager Siobhan Mannion. The Last Harbinger was written, directed and produced by Roger Gregg. Find out more. Visit our website at crazydogaudiotheatre.com. And that was Roger Gregg, The Last Harbinger, Episode 5, wrapping up that excellent series. Uh, Roger Gregg, of course, is an amazing artist, um, hasn't produced too much recently due to um, some changes with his relationship with the RTE, but um, all of his work is magic. Check out Crazy Dog Audio Theater um, in the search at radiodramarevival.com or click on the logo for Crazy Dog Audio Theater there. Um, really enduring work of excellent quality man i've learned a lot from so uh thank you roger let us play that again and i hope you enjoyed the last harbinger uh next week uh we hope i hope to be featuring something very very cool also from abroad but i will share those details with you when it's a reality and not now and it's still hypothetical um either way we'll have great new uh work coming for you next week and then uh we get into our halloween program and this is really fun uh we get to now announce transcontinental terror wondering what the hell that is. Well, um, as you recall, um, if you're a longtime listener, Radio Drum Revival's had a Halloween special for as long as I've been running the show. And this year, uh, we're kind of upping the ante. Um, Bob Arnold from Chatterbox Audio Theater contacted me and said, hey, isn't it cool, Fred, that all of us audio producers do a new show each Halloween? Uh, Why couldn't we go and uh, do something with that and uh, bring it it to another level, uh, sort of uh, collaborate? Um, so I thought that was a great idea, and we've united with a few other producers who do live um, in front of an audience or other kinds of live shows on Halloween. Um, that includes uh, Wireless Theater Company and their new horror effort and Electric Vicuna. That is Jack from the Sonic Society, um, his audio production efforts. Uh, Jeff Adams, Icebox Radio Theater is on board, as well as Sam Mowry from the Willamette Radio Workshop out in Portland, Oregon. So coast to coast, Portland to Portland, will be happening on Halloween. We have a uh, six-hour audio drama, live audio drama marathon on Halloween night coming to you. It'll be streaming from RadioDramaRevival.com as well as TranscontinentalTerror.com. Transcontinental Terror. It is the t- express ticket to audio fright. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, we'll be pumping this up more in the show each week. You can hear more from me about how it's developing. Um, TranscontinentalTerror.com or Radio Drama Revival. Um, that wraps it up for this week. However, Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh. Copyright of individual shows remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's community radio. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com. It's a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. <laughs>